made him feel powerful. After the first few years, Semyon didn't even have to stand on the street anymore. He could sit back and manage the men. But one summer, a particularly hot one in his memory, Semyon got into a conflict over territory with a Russian gangster named Abram Gorin. Semyon's group had gone through a series of small expansions, adding a few men to their street crew along the way, and spread two blocks west of Sterotar Tzion. This area turned out to be one that Gorin thought of as his own. The Gorin gang operated on a different level. They were international. They had a reputation. One night after Semyon had drunk too many beers in a bar on Rush Pina, a handsome-looking Russian man, bald with bright blue eyes, stepped in front of him on the street and grabbed him by the shoulders. It was a friendly gesture, like an uncle measuring a nephew. Speaking Russian, the man said that Mr. Abram Gorin wanted Semyon to know he was no longer allowed to sell heroin in Nev Shanan. He looked Semyon in the eyes. Do you hear me? he asked. Semyon didn't speak Russian perfectly, but he understood this, and unable to do anything else, he nodded his head. The next morning when he woke, Semyon felt equal measures of guilt and fear. What had happened? It was as if he'd been told he had cancer. One day he was healthy, the next he was not. Still, a depressed kind of disbelief kept him from telling his men to stop dealing. Six days later, his friend Shmuel Tepper, a funny, chubby man, was pushed in front of a moving bus. Shmuel survived, but he would never walk again. A week after that, the same Russian man approached Semyon outside his home. It was early in the day, but the sun had already heated the dusty streets. The man wasn't rude to him. He simply smiled and scanned the area with his eyes, and then, having satisfied himself that they were alone, beckoned Semyon toward him with two fingers. When Semyon stepped closer, he told him that he had to leave Israel. He made the visit feel like a favor. When Semyon managed to nod, the man slapped him on the back and walked away. The next day, Semyon called his group together. He invited them all to his apartment, a rare occurrence, and explained that they had to take some time off. Abram Gorin himself had insisted on it. He said, we take a break, he said, lay low, see how it shakes out. He expected the men to resist, to call for war, but nobody did. Nobody argued. Three months later, Semyon moved to Miami. A few of his friends from the army, Russian, Israelis like himself, had been living there, and they helped him find an apartment in South Beach, in a tower overlooking Biscayne Bay. He didn't bring much, a bag filled with clothes, a computer, a razor, his toothbrush. He had a good amount of money saved. One of his friends in Miami was Isaac Raskin. Isaac, a short man with the kind of strong jaw and dimpled chin normally associated with Hollywood actors, was preparing to open a nightclub called Ground Zero. Semyon invested cash in it. The club did well, and over the next four years they opened three more. For a time, it seemed like Semyon might leave the drug trade behind. But eventually Isaac, who had connections in the shipping business, began talking to him about setting something up. They would do things differently, he insisted. No selling on corners to Arabs and Africans. No heroin. No rival gangs. 
They were going to be middlemen, and they would focus their attention on a benign corner of the market. Ecstasy. Listen to me, Semyon said to Isaac, arranging his words like a drunken professor. If we're going to do this, we have to stay small. You get too big, you attract the wrong type of attention. Trust me, I know this. We stay small, we make good money, but we stay small. Isaac, for his part, simply frowned and nodded, as though he couldn't have agreed more. A man named David Eben, another friend of Semyon's from Israel, introduced him to a Flemish group that cooked drugs in a lab outside of Ghent. Eben agreed to sign on as a courier and began to move the product across the Dutch border to Rotterdam. Isaac had a cousin who worked as a second mate on an Israeli freighter that operated a line from Rotterdam to the port of Virginia. He could walk right.